0: Commutify presents Between the Lines with Andy Keaton. Each week, we explore the challenging issues transportation demand management professionals face on their journey to transition commuters from driving alone to more sustainable, shared and active commuting habits. Be sure to subscribe to hear next week's episode and check out our exclusive commuter playlists on Spotify.
1: This is Between the Lines with Andy Keaton.
0: Hi everyone, and welcome aboard to the Between the Lines podcast. Uh, today we're joined by Dahi De Butler. Uh, I hope I pronounced that right. The last name i may be a little bit off on, <laughs> but uh, Dahi is uh, he's the chief marketing officer at Park Office, which is an employee parking software for smart offices. Uh, Park Office works with leading employers such as Sanofi, L'Oreal and indeed to reduce uh, their long-term dependency on employee car parking. Dahi previously worked in advertising for large clients such as Heineken and Unilever, and he is a former winner of the Junior Chamber International's Outstanding Young Person of the Year Award for his services to volunteerism and uh, social change. So, Dahi, we're excited to have you on. Thanks for being here.
1: Thanks very much for having me.
0: And today we're talking about uh, something in the transportation space that's very relevant to a lot of people Uh, globally. We're talking about parking and in specific, we're talking about technology-driven parking management and how that's gonna help us save the planet. So one of the things uh, that I think is is probably a good place to start at is talking about what the problems are now. So can you tell me a little bit more about what are some of the most common workplace problems related to parking that you see? Yeah, so I suppose,
1: it's interesting, Andy, in that there's a couple of problems that are there um, there's probably attitude problems, um, such as for a lot of companies, there's a massive disconnect um, between uh, companies who are looking to reduce the dependency on, on car usage, but at the same time, um, other sides of the business are continuously increasing and the amount of of, of car parking space that they have available to staff. And you probably have in in certain elements, particularly in the TDM space, there's kind of a snobbery around parking. It's like, we're here to do everything but talk about parking, when in essence... You know you you can't run a weight loss uh, you can't run a weight loss club and and give people a free subscription to Mcdonald's and and have a waiting for them every time they leave Like it, it just doesn't really make sense so um I suppose that that's one kind of piece is 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 kind of the overarching strategic management and and how that integrates um through a company is is obviously a massive challenge um and then I suppose on a more granular level, you're looking at just really poor Operational management, and so what you will find is companies traditionally in a pre-COVID time tended to manage their their parking lots in one of three ways: that had first come first serve, which is the equivalent of of hanging a sign outside of your workplace and say drive as often as you want, and we hopefully will have parking for you on most days, and on the days we don't, uh, we fully understand and expect that you will create major congestion problems in the local community and end up abandoning your car uh, somewhere where it is probably not appreciated or else where it is really appreciated because somebody is going to charge you an absolute fortune to park there. Um, your kind of second category then is assigned parking. So the age old, that's the, he's a director, she's a director, that's their parking space. It is the holy grail, do not touch. Um, The big issue there is, um, even in a pre-COVID era, when you look at client meetings, you know, remote working, holidays, sick leave, the average employee was was out of the office for 30 to 40% of the time, which meant that even companies with massive space shortages or perceived space shortages, actually, if you walk through their car park, they actually had a load of spare space, uh, which is Kind of funny, um, and I suppose the third is, is a kind of hybrid of both, where you would have some assigned and some first come first serve. And um, the fourth, which has come, I suppose, to fruition post COVID, is um this ad hoc figuring it out on the fly. How are we going to respond to this new way of working? Um, and what you will find is the lack of a goal standard in and around employee parking management pre-COVID was troublesome. It's now absolute chaos for a lot of companies. And one of the things that was there pre-COVID is there was some element of predictability in and around employee um, transport patterns. That now is massively, massively fluctuating. Um, So you're putting something that people were struggling to manage at a time where it was relatively predictable, um, and now it's absolute pandemonium and chaos, um, and companies don't really know where to start. And that's probably um, good news for for the likes of myself, um, and for Park Office. Obviously, employee parking um, software can can take the complexity out of, of all that um, of, of all that variability. It's just too much to manage manually anymore. Um, and uh yeah we're we're seeing an absolute explosion in our market at the moment and uh it's it's really exciting Um, but i suppose in the space that that you are in it's kind of interesting in that we're probably countercultural in our space in that when we talk to clients we tell them early doors that we're on a mission to help them reduce their parking and we feel that there is an over-dependency on on car usage but we also feel that in order to fully tackle that, you need to control what's happening in your car park. Um, whereas I think most other companies, well, all of the companies in our space are still very much selling the dream of, oh, you know, we'll get extra park, we'll get extra people into your car park and more, more, more. Um, and it kind of sadly, that actually sells a lot better and it sells a lot easier. Um, and you have this massive conflict there between... I suppose companies and, and very oftentimes we'll meet companies and um, you might be at a, a real estate or a facilities conference and you might meet someone and they'll tell you they need more parking. And then you meet someone from the exact same company, exact same office at a, at a TDM conference and they'll tell you the parking is the devil and they're trying to stamp it out. <laughs> um, and what we've often, what we've kind of found is a lot of the time you kind of have to meet Companies where they're at. So for us, we would see three steps. So you need to optimize, understand, and, and ultimately reduce employee car parks. And um, and every company is at a different stage of that three prong journey. So for a lot of companies, they are in in the place of we don't have enough parking for our employees. Do we have tools and features in the short term that can help um, to solve those needs? Yes, we do. But we will communicate from day one and say, "Okay, we'll start with what you think you need, which is to get more people into the car park. But then what we're going to do is we're actually going to give you the data and insights that show you your car park is only a capacity maybe once a month. So as opposed to focusing on that one day when it's a massive problem, let's focus on the other 19 and see how we can start to strategically reduce Your car park over time. And then I suppose we'll start to integrate with lots of people who are doing good stuff in the TDM space. And we'll start to say, okay, so today there isn't enough space for you to drive to work, but here's all the other alternatives that you could be using. And and to give people that really kind of holistic approach and to bring them on that journey, what we found is clients are seeing results that they never thought previously possible. Um, from the kind of transport demand management where they probably felt a lot of what they were doing was was nice but not getting the impact that they, they felt that they wanted or needed. Um, and I think as soon as this as soon as you make TDM parking centric and you realize that if cars are the enemy, you need to start controlling cars. You can't just do a load of nice stuff and hope that it works while your car park remains the Wild West, you know? So um, that's probably an elongated answer, but uh, that, yeah.
0: No, I mean, I think that's, you, you touched on a lot of things. I really like that you bring in the idea of TDM, transportation demand management into this, is that if the main problem is cars and parking as a, you know, offshoot of that, then we need to be focused on Parking and how do we help fix the parking problem? And then, if we can fix the parking problem, we can understand the parking problem. Then we can shift people over time to other things and reduce the parking. We start there. I think it's a really good idea. Um, it makes a lot of sense. So you mentioned there's, uh, you know, there's I guess three or maybe four now uh, ways that that companies are managing their parking. Um, there's like the ad hoc, which we see a lot. Um, how is a, a technology driven kind of approach like park office offers? How is that? What does that actually look like on a day to day basis for, you know, commuters, parkers and for the, the company? Like what is actually? Yeah, so on? I suppose
1: we'll start by looking at it from a company perspective. So if you want to effectively and efficiently manage what's happening in an employee car park you have to focus in on all the different variables that are there, right? So who's, who's driving to work? What are they driving? When are they driving? When are they going to get there? When are they going to leave? Are they going to behave properly? I.e. are they going to park where you want them to park? Um, are they going to respond correctly to any notices about car park usage being changed due to events or guest parking, so on and so forth? And are they should they be entitled to park at work every day or should they only be entitled to park on special occasions, such as if they have to attend an event or um, if they Mm. really, really need their car for personal reasons? And so what you'll find is there's actually a massive amount of variability and that goes on in a car park and what a really good employee parking management software like Park Office will do, is it will just automate all of those variables in a millisecond. So we are very fortunate that we're parking in excess of a million cars a year for for a lot of the company's biggest employers. And the collective insight and knowledge from all of those journeys is constantly being feeded in from a machine learning perspective into our algorithm, which we call Newton. And Newton is ultimately the world's smartest uh, employee parking manager. And there is no problem that he, well, there's very few parking problems that he hasn't seen before. So what it actually means is from an employer perspective is they create a digital parking policy and then they have a parking bot who literally just manages all that like clockwork, right? Now, mm-hmm. from an employee perspective, it really, really depends on what your company's parking problem is or was. So, for example, what you'll find in a company who have an assigned, uh, who, who have, are coming from a tradition of, of assigned or designated parking spaces, What you might have is you might have senior staff have opt out parking, which is they are incentivized and to basically log on to an app or to respond to an email to say what days they will not be in the office. Other members of staff then are able to apply for parking on days which they really do need it. Um, And then the company is able to work with staff who are are kind of a surplus, who, who don't and get allocated space to try and get them alternative ways to go to work. And um, there's probably another way then of for, for massive corporations and um, oftentimes who have maybe a few ten thousand employees on a first come first serve policy. That means you probably have nine thousand trying to drive into the closest car park to work a quarter to nine um, on a Monday morning, which obviously is absolute chaos when it comes to to traffic and traffic management so small things like having predictive analytics so you sit in your car it tells you car park A is going to be full in 45 minutes car park B has a 90% likelihood of being full so you need to go straight to car park C and they're the sort of things that can actually save someone 20-30 minutes on a commute Um, and it's really that last mile congestion and can be really really uh, challenging Um, in and around offices, both for employees and for local communities. So I suppose to to simplify it, um, what is the user experience? The user experience for, for, uh, I suppose, an admin from a company is is simple. Um, They work with our team to set up in half an hour, um, and then they just pull reports whenever they need um, to, to have a look at what's going on. We'll come back with recommendations on how they can improve, how they can streamline, how they can reduce. Um, and then from an employee it's it's just an app you tap one or two buttons and and then you're kind of told whether you're you have parking or you don't have parking or whether you, what your other options are and um, so it's it's kind of a really powerful piece of, of kind of technology um, and it's it's something that that really kind of drives results for for a lot of great companies around the world
0: and i like that the the key there is you know data uh, we talk a lot about data on the podcast and being able to understand how people are actually inter- like, uh, interacting with the parking um, makes sense. You know, don't just—it's not a one-size-fits-all solution. Let's see what's what we need to do, and let's let's iterate on that. Um, yeah, and that's a,
1: that's a really interesting point, Andy. In that, I think that one of the major concerns I would have for the future of employee parking is people failing to grasp just how complex an area it is. So probably Mm -hmm. since the start of COVID, you've had a lot of companies who working maybe in the prop tech or a TDM space, you know, and maybe they're working in like competitors to you guys or, or kind of desk booking softwares or whatever. And they're kind of saying, oh, you know, things have got a bit quiet. What can we do to future-proof our business? And they've kind of lighted on this idea of, okay, let's build a, let's build a parking feature. But what they've kind of failed to grasp is, you know, parking is a lot more complicated than, than desk bookings, for example. You know, if, on a very basic level, if you go to a desk and it's booked, the person who's and it's but you have a book and there's someone else there they're standing in front of you and you can resolve what's happened Mm -hmm. you part if you go to the car park and there's someone in your space you they're nameless you don't know who they are you don't know how to contact them you could be five minutes late already for the most important meeting of your year and and what i think people need to understand is that parking cannot afford to be a simple add-on. It's something that requires real complexity and expertise. Um, We, from day one, for example, would have partnered up with some of the biggest real estate and mobility companies in the world. Um, Our our first two clients were, were Colliers International and Europe Car, and we did that very intentionally because we wanted to work with two leaders in the verticals in which we overlap with. Um, and really lock down on their insights. Um, And we were coming from a background where we already had a cumulative experience of 50, 60 years in the parking industry. Um, And that I think is massively important. And that's the one word of warning I would give for anybody in the parking space or who are looking at potentially purchasing a software for the first time to digitize employee parking management is to buy something with a parking expertise. Don't just buy an add-on. All you're kind of doing is digitizing your parking problems because they won't have the depth of features, the complexity of customization that will allow companies to actually solve their problems. They're just moving it offline. They're, they're just moving an offline problem online. Um, and it's really interesting because when we started off in this space three, four years ago, we were always the first software that someone had bought, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Whereas more and more, I would say 20% of our new business now, we are actually the second solution that people mm-hmm. have bought. But no one's ever bought another solution having bought us. And I, I'm not kind of, and, and that that's not like, that's, that's just a, a very fortunate fact for us. Now that could change tomorrow, Andy. Right, yep. but what I'm what I'm trying to say here is, and I, I'm like, have a look, have a look at other solutions if you want, and um, but if you have a parking problem, don't buy a hot desking software to solve it, don't buy a sure. car software to solve it, buy a parking software to solve it, um, and and I, I would like to think buy a holistic parking software that strategically is going to help you reduce your parking over the long term, and. Um, but that's my personal preference, you know.
0: Sure, no, I mean, I, I think a lot of our, you know, listeners and viewers would uh, kind of grasp on there is that, um, I mean, you all at, at Park Office, at least you, here, are obviously pretty aware of the, the whole transportation ecosystem and the problem, and you've taken this holistic look at parking as one of the, if not the main issue behind our problems in transportation, and uh, being able to actually understand that and take that from that holistic look, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, okay, so you mentioned you know, that there's companies uh, that have, have used your, your software successfully. Uh, can you walk us through, do you have any examples of, of you know, use cases where this has gone well and what they've done? Yeah, so like you,
1: you mentioned at the top, for example, um, Sanofi now, we probably pronounce it different ways on, on different sides <laughs> of the Atlantic. Um, but they're one of the world's leading, pharma companies, and um, so they rolled us out probably around uh, twelve months ago on on two sites. And um, at the time, they had big parking problems. And um, but they, within two months, had actually reduced. So they thought they didn't have enough parking, but within two months, they'd actually reduced their car park size by a hundred spaces because. Wow with the data and insights and with that level of control and i think a lot of this is about control it's having a flexible control right um and they just realized all right okay we do have a parking problem but that parking problem only exists once or twice a month when everybody actually comes in so if we can get visibility ahead of time of who's going to be in and what their preferred mode of transport is going to be we can then actually communicate with certain members of, of staff and we can say do you know what you actually live two kilometers away so and um, there's no space for you today you can cycle you can walk or you can do whatever you need to do um, and by doing that and by I suppose taking the heat and the sting out of the problem days they realized you know by and large we actually don't need all this space out the back like with mm-hmm. another you know sepsa um are a big um they're a they're a spanish company and they they kind of do a lot of uh, four court garages and and kind of petrol stations and sure. I, I don't know what you call them over in america um. But uh, they reduced from 1,200 to 800 spaces within a couple of months. You know, and it's it's always, and, and all these people are coming to you saying, our problem is we don't have enough space. And then you're starting working with them and you're saying, no, okay, let's really like, and they'll say, no, 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 no. We just want, we just want something that's going to give us more space. And then you say, okay, we'll give you what you think you want. And then we'll work with you on, what you actually need you know and, and not to say like some of the companies i've mentioned there you know would come with a very forward-looking approach and they would say we want to do something here that is going to tackle um, our long-term car dependency and 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 some of, of the companies like your synopsis and your Septas are very visionary on it but a lot of them are just what do you want more parking when do you want it now <laughs> and then you open the paper and you see their ceo is after signing up for some sustainability goal and you're just like lads this is absolutely nuts like you know there's just a total disconnect there and but trying to engage with those buyers and to say it's kind of funny because we have kind of two types of buyers and very often you have the buyers who are what do we want more parking when do we want it now and you have to bring them on a journey. Um, but then you have other buyers who are the total en- other end of the spectrum. Where it's what do we, what do you want, and it's anything but parking. How dare you even bring that word into my ear space? Do you not know I'm a champion, um, for climate justice? And you're kind of like, yeah, no, I totally understand. Um, but you can't ignore the elephant in the room. And just because you don't like something, doesn't mean you can ignore it. I don't like parking. I was 27 before I learned to drive. I don't think <laughs> yeah. I can count on one hand the amount of times I've driven to work, but it doesn't mean that I can't help companies solve that problem, you know and, and I think yeah. it's it's this notion that you know the world isn't in the headspace it needs to be around employee parking yet, um, and we have a role. To bring people from different sides of the spectrum um, and to bring them to a position where they can actually start to make progress on parking. And make no mistake about it, progress on parking um, very, very quickly reduces car dependency um, in ways that you are really going to struggle to unlock from any other um, TDM tactic. And that does not mean that a lot of the other TDM tactics aren't incredibly worthwhile. It doesn't mean that working in a parking centric solution that they are not incredibly effective. But we all know of big expensive carpooling schemes and bike sharing schemes and van pooling schemes that have been discontinued um, after a short amount of time um, and people are wondering why. And by and large, the answer is because you didn't do anything to control your car park, you just ignored mm. the elephant in the room. And um, so, yeah, I suppose we're we're I suppose trying to make sure that that elephant is making a bit of a racket, uh, stamping his hooves a bit, blowing the trunk, and 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 being heard, and um, and that's starting to make a, a lot of progress for a lot of companies.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great idea that making parking um, a TDM solution. Right, let's start at the parking level. Let's actually solve that problem um and then we can get to you know the other stuff then feeds from that um, it makes a lot of sense to me i think it's a, a revolutionary way to look at it um talk to a lot of parking people and i i think y- you are pretty dead on on that that it's usually get more parking i've talked to a lot of tdm people and pretty dead on on that as well it's let's get rid of all the parking that exists but there's a middle ground i, I really like this i think it makes a lot of sense yeah no, um, i
1: think you it, it's kind of like if you go to a physical therapist. Let's say you play a sport. If you if you've a hamstring tear, like that's probably not because there's something wrong with your hamstring. It's probably mm-hmm. because your hips aren't strong enough, or maybe your core isn't strong enough. And a bad physical therapist will just give you a load of hamstring rehab things to do. Whereas a good one will actually identify what the issue is and will actually treat the cause as opposed to the symptom. And um, and I yeah. think for TDM, it's to get into that headspace of okay how can we treat the causes as opposed to the symptoms and there are some causes that we can't do a massive amount about in the short term Like you can't magic improve public transport overnight unfortunately just can't happen and um, so what are the other big causes that we can really start to to put a measure of control over and and yeah look um it's it's a really exciting place to be i think slowly but surely people are, are waking up and, and 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 they're realizing that okay there has to be a better way of doing things and we are one of the fortunate businesses and um, the covid has been very good for and that increased flexibility has got a lot of people who previously had been on the fence and um, and they're now well and truly offered and they realized they can't manage that degree of complexity manually anymore and whatsapp just wasn't built for it for it slack wasn't built for it excel wasn't mm-hmm. built for it and um, and that they need something that that's just a lot more powerful and um, so it's uh, no look and 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 we're more than happy to, to have a chat with anyone and um, you know, there's, there's some companies that maybe we're not the best solution in the world for. Um, and I'd be more than happy to tell you that as well. Like, you know, we're, we're just here to help companies get people to drive less people to work. And, um, and yeah, sometimes in order to sell that to businesses, they need to get more people for the first six months. And um, before they realize actually, they don't need more people, they need less people. And, <laughs> and it's about it. Yeah, it's about meeting people where they are at on the journey and, and bringing them on that journey, you know,
0: yeah, I like that. I think it's a it's a good perspective. So, we're we're running towards the end of our time here, um, like we always do. Uh, you know, you particularly said I think a lot of things that maybe new kind of ways of looking at things um, for the at least our TDM listeners. Um, but I'd love to to just get in a couple of sentences, just a, a really a summary of what you've said and really why will this technology-driven parking management help us save the planet? Yeah, so I suppose
1: nobody disagrees that too many people drive to work. Um, yep. Sorry for using the double negative on you there, Andy. That's a killer. <laughs> so, it's all good. Uh, so too many people drive to work. We don't need to debate um, why that is bad for, for the world, the environment, the communities, communities. Um, but how to actually tackle that issue I think, needs massive reflection. And, and what we're saying is start with your car park, start controlling what's going on in your car park, start integrating what's going on with your car park with all the other um, active travel and, and public transport and, and really make the control of your car park a hub for driving people to engage with other ways of getting to work. and And I think that ultimately that has massive potential to really shift the dial uh, for companies and, and how their staff are getting to and from work every day. And, and that is incredibly powerful for, for people, for communities, um, and for workplaces.
0: Yeah, I love it. I mean, I really, this has been a great conversation. I think a lot of people listening, this is a new way of thinking about it. Let's really focus on the parking as a real TDM solution. Um, there's, there's things we can do here. So, Dahi, thanks again for being on and everyone, thanks for listening. Like, like I say always, Got to give the pitch here. Um, if you haven't yet, make sure you go and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to it, uh, and watch the video as well. That's on YouTube. Give us a like, a follow, um, a rating wherever you're listening and watching. And we also are sending out weekly newsletters with information about uh, you know each episode. Learn more about what's going on. Dive deeper into uh, the companies that are that are on the podcast. You can subscribe to that at BetweenTheLines.io. Once again, Dahi, thanks for being on, and everyone, thanks for listening. Thanks very much for having me.
1: Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Between the Lines with Andy Keaton. Be sure to subscribe to hear next week's episode, and check out our exclusive commuter playlists on Spotify.